You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Thank you for making those. I love that video. So I'm David Freeman. I'm the uh, preacher who likes to use toys. This morning, we're going to talk about the full armor of God. It's only appropriate because this is the 4th of July week, right? Uh, We celebrate the courageous and risky move that our forefathers did July the 4th, 1776, for freedom. And if you are a follower of Christ, you are a freedom fighter on a level different than the political, organizational, work level. Uh, And Paul points to that in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It's a pretty familiar passage for many folks. If it's not familiar to you, hopefully it will be at the end of this day. He, He points to the unseen battle that we are constantly in. If you, if you live in that reality at work, you will probably find yourself becoming the chaplain to the people around you as it should be. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish every flaming arrow of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It's with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in mind, with perseverance and petition, pray for all the saints. The armor of God. Now, Paul had in mind a Roman soldier, and the people in the era in which he was writing knew the Roman army. They saw those soldiers walk by all the time. How many of you see Roman soldiers walk by you all the time? Yep, me either. You know, I kind of Googled some stuff about Roman soldiers, but what I do know a lot about is whitewater paddling, and it has striking similarities with the armor that Paul is talking about that soldiers wore. So first comes, well, first off, I'm getting ahead of myself. Armor. What's the big deal about armor? In the 1880s, Clay Trumbull did a study of a lot of primitive cultures. He traveled the world and saw these striking similarities in covenants that people would make. And the striking similarities were this. Oftentimes, it involves swapping blood in one way or another. Hmm, reminds us of Jesus. 
Some cultures would take and cut human-sized pieces out of sod, side by side, and the people who were making the covenant would each climb under the sod and be covered by the sod, symbolizing that they were both dead. And when they came out from under the sod, they were both alive as one. Hmm, Jesus' resurrection. But a, a very significant piece of those covenants frequently was trading of armor. And the trading of the armor wasn't, hey, this is my cool sword, I want you to have it. The trading of the armor was, this symbolizes my army. This symbolizes my household, this symbolizes my strength, this symbolizes everything I am. When you're wearing my armor, this is a covenant that says if somebody attacks you, they are attacking me. So you get the significance? The armor of God really isn't about what I put on or do. The armor of God is when you accept the reality of Jesus and allow him to have control of your life, you no longer have to fight the spiritual war. But wait a minute, David. You're, you're telling us that there's a spiritual war and we're supposed to go to work thinking from that perspective and, and engage in that battle. Yes, but after studying this, here is my picture of spiritual warfare, all right? I'm sitting in a lawn chair with a shade umbrella over me, wearing the armor of God with my feet propped up, sipping on a lemonade. And the hordes of demons are coming charging at me, screaming. And I'm just, okay, Lord, I know you've got this. And I'm trying my best to stay relaxed and calm because whose battle is it? It's God's. I'm wearing his armor. His army is fighting this battle. And all of a sudden, that screaming horde comes screeching to a stop. And they go, ah! And they turn around and start running. And I'm just sitting there sipping lemonade. And I look over my shoulder, and I see the horde of God's army. That is the reality of the armor of God. You do not need to fear the spiritual forces of wickedness as long as you are in covenant with God. The battle is his. And in reality, the pieces of armor that he talks through all are Jesus. They are, those pieces exist because Jesus exists. For instance, gird your loins with truth. The belt of truth. In John 8, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Right? Truth exists because Jesus exists. So God is saying, I want you to put on Jesus. Now, let's talk about truth for a moment. I am a whitewater paddler. Uh, you don't have to paddle whitewater to know what I'm about to talk about. If you have watched men in a swimming pool, I almost guarantee you every man you watch before he dives into the pool will check his swimsuit to make sure it is tied because as a little boy, every little boy experiences when they're learning to dive, not having their swimsuit tied, and they go in and their suit goes to their ankles. And that is humiliating. It's also very dangerous. As a whitewater paddler, if I get into whitewater and my pants go down around my ankles, that is a dangerous, imagine, if you will, a Roman soldier going through battle doing this. 
you just don't do it. So uh, I looked for years and years to find pants that would definitely not come down. And you, you can't tell. This is an exact replica of the pants I'm wearing, except it's a different color. That button is not sewn on with thread. It is strapped on with climbing uh, harness material. And really the reason I got these pants, listen to this. Could you hear that? I'll do it again. I love that sound. Okay, I'll put, get it real close. Ah. My pants are staying up. I've swam in these pants many times through many white water rapids, and they have stayed up. That's what truth is. Truth is for us what that belt does for the Roman soldier and a, a great click does on whitewater pants. It keeps your, <laughs> keeps your body free to move as it should rather than getting entangled in lies. And if you have not found out the wonderful freedom of truth, it is worth every humility you have to go through to undo the lies and start living in truth. It is so freeing. Breastplate of righteousness. So in the uh, Roman garb, hold on one second. Let me see if I can put this on without dropping the mic. The Romans didn't have the uh, benefit of these nice buckles that I can kind of cinch up here. So their belt and their... Uh, breastplate went together. The belt went on first, and then they would actually put on the breastplate and strap it to the belt. So the breastplate helped hold up the belt, and the belt helped hold down the breastplate. See? Because, uh, I mean, Roman soldiers, this is uh, medical people, the 911 folks, they know this part of your body as the squishy zone. You know, there's a lot in here that can easily get hurt. And, uh, righteous, righteous living, doing what is right consistently, regardless of what it feels like it will cost in the moment. Something about that protects my heart and my gut and just makes it so that I can keep functioning well. Truth and righteousness really function together well. Again, they are Jesus. You want to wear that. You want to be that every moment of every day. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So uh, Roman soldiers, there are some historians who claim that Rome won its battles on its feet because of its feet. They were the inventors of the hobnailed shoes. Does anybody know that? They put nails to the bottom of their shoes so that they had traction on any type of terrain. Makes a lot of sense. You don't want your feet coming out from under you when you're in the middle of a battle. That is, it's not a good position to be in. So the shoes that I'm wearing, the person who designed them was a kayaker. First off, shows his lack of intelligence because he was in a kayak, but that's another story. Um, who went through a really gnarly canyon and got thrashed. The water ripped him out of his boat, took his boat away, ripped his paddle away, ripped his pants off, and ripped off his shoes. 
and he had to climb out of that canyon and hike 10 miles through a desert to go get help. And he got there and said, I'll never lose my shoes again. Right? And those, I, I, when I found those shoes, I bought several pair, enough to last me until I die. Because th- these shoes have the same rubber on the bottom that rock climbers use. And I have never lost my shoes in whitewater, regardless of what has happened. Something about the gospel of peace, the preparation of the gospel of peace. So everywhere you are going, having immediately available your story of what Jesus has done, how he has rescued you, and how he can help the person to whom you are speaking. Remember, you are a freedom fighter, not just for your own freedom, but for the freedom of everybody around you. Having that readily available, something about that makes it so that you're more able to stand firm. Stand firm. That word, I was introduced to that word in high school. Hupameno, I was at a a camp one summer, and they taught us the word hupameno. I had no clue what that meant. I had a Greek scholar attack me one time because I had it on my shirt. Hupameno. He said, you know what that means, son? Uh, No, I just got the shirt, you know. Stand upon. He said, that was the word that the Roman commander would yell out above the din of the battle when they were all in formation and standing there and something horrible was charging at them. The commander would yell, Hupameno! Hupameno! And everybody digs in. (sighs) We're not the ones who are supposed to be afraid at work when we're gathering with our family, we're wearing Jesus. It's the demons who tremble at us. And they're not trembling at us. Who are they trembling at? Right, the army behind us. All right, shield of faith. I get to show you one of my toys, geek out here. So uh, Roman soldiers had their shield, And I suspect that they kind of practice with their shield like whitewater paddlers do. I practice swimming in whitewater. And what I really learn when I practice swimming in whitewater is you don't ever want to swim in whitewater. Get out immediately. You want to stay in your boat. And Roman soldiers, I'm pretty confident they practiced battling without their shields. And the main thing they learned is don't lose your shield. It's very important. I don't know if you could tell, this boat actually has straps in it. Most people get a little wigged out when they're first introduced to uh, whitewater canoeing because they say, you want me to strap myself in there? What happens if I go over? We'll talk about that later. All right, so the reason, and Roman soldiers, they would strap themselves under their shield. They weren't just holding it wimpy-nilly. Reach in, grab your wrist, has a strap on it. Your hand has a strap. Cinch it down here. That strap, that that shield becomes a part of your body. Every movement that you do, the shield does. And that's why I'm strapped to this boat. I don't need a paddle. I could go down the stairs. I won't. (laughs) The point is, your your shield isn't something that you just kind of half-heartedly grab. I mean, faith is something that you commit to. Every movement you make, you're doing it through that. Makes sense? Faith, putting your belief into action rather than cowering, rather than hiding what you truly believe. 
faith risks. And there's a principle in whitewater paddling. I'm sure it's true in battle. If you are timid, you will flip. If you're timid, whatever you are battling will win. There's this, there's just this attitude of bring it. The harder, the better. Oh, come on, I'm here for fun. That change of attitude versus, oh, I don't know, the legal system, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I'm supposed to talk about faith at work. Well, who's your commander? All right. The helmet of salvation. Oh, love that clip again. I've never, this helmet is old. Never lost it. You know, there's some interesting research about what stress does to your mental capacity and your creativity and your ability to think and resolve challenges. And somehow, the peace of the gospel, of the preparation of the gospel of peace and then living that salvation, being very confident that, yes, I am protected. My, my little watermelon connected to my body by a thin cord is going to be okay in this battle. In white water, it's rocks. What makes white water? Rocks. You, you can't have the fun without the rocks. You know, in battle, it's all sorts of things. At your work, what is it that really stresses you? I, I don't know if you've found yourself, I found myself sitting at, at my computer or, or out in, a, in whatever circumstance that I'm in, feeling like this, and all of a sudden realize, oh, wait a minute, I am completely not doing this in faith. You, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. Okay, Lord, I know that this moment is yours. And the difference between that and this is just palpable. It's, it's the difference between being terrified in the middle of an attack versus sipping lemonade underneath a shade. God offers us his salvation, the good news. Jesus came, he paid the price so you can live free. You can have relationship with God as he originally intended it is possible right now, and it is possible to tell other people that and watch them experience that incredible relief. We are freedom fighters. And we take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, I kind of grew up thinking that the sword of the Spirit was the Bible, right? The Word of God. However, when Paul was writing that, they didn't have that book. They had the Old Testament scrolls. They knew of the Word of God as the Word of God, God speaking to us. As a matter of fact, that next verse, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Whoa. Okay, there's something about, when are we supposed to pray? When are you supposed to pray? All the time. Wow. Have you ever tried that? 
Have you, try it for an hour. It's tough to do for an hour. Try it for a day. It's tough to do for a day. You quickly realize you have to learn how to pray with your eyes open. Right? You have to be able to pray without going, because people will think you're crazy. Pray at all times. Wow. So uh, if you watch a whitewater paddler, you oftentimes, a really skilled whitewater paddler, you wonder if they're doing anything with their paddle, but it's always in the water. Most always in the water. You hardly ever see a very experienced whitewater paddler do this. Because we all know if your paddle's out of the water, you have absolutely no control. Right? And there's this constant, very subtle movements of the paddle in an expert whitewater paddler. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll see them do the big strokes, but oftentimes they're just sitting there, it looks like they have their paddle just sitting there doing nothing, but it's moving. It's, it's twitching in very subtle ways and moving in very um, close relationship to their body that is strapped to their boat, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit just function really well together. I'm sure that's what, how the Roman soldiers function, right? The sword and the shield go together and you're constantly using the sword well in battle. Constantly. How often are we supposed to pray? Okay. So my, my personal opinion is prayer is for your spirit life, for the unseen battle, if you will, what breathing is for the physical realm. How often do you breathe? That's how often you're supposed to pray. Wow. Dear Jesus, please give us <laughs> your wisdom and your ability and your reminders to pray like that. Oh, to constantly turn everything over to you, Lord. Please. I, what do I say right now to make that happen? What do I say so I remember it all day today, Lord? Please give me your reminders. We're desperate. We are desperate for the Lord to remind us to breathe. And it is wonderful. Somehow remembering to pray makes it so that you remember whose battle is it? It is the Lord's battle. He goes on at the last of that verse 18. It's not that we're each in this alone. It is a struggle. We all know that. We all know that we have times when we fall down. We need each other. In whitewater paddling, we all carry this equipment. Anybody know what that is? It's a throw rope. The throw rope is used for when somebody else gets in trouble. We pull them out. And with this in view, pray at all times for all the saints. Who are we supposed to pray for? How often? Yeah, you try that. Four billion people? It'll take you all day. Right? Yeah, that. Yes, we are in a war. Yes, it is a fierce battle. We are freedom fighters. And to whom does the battle belong? God. How often do you need to remind yourself of that? All the time. Always. We've got to be praying. We've got to be the warriors that the world needs, Christ's representatives on this earth. So if you will, stand with me. As the band comes up, I'm going to, uh, I want you to close your eyes. 
and I'm gonna speak through each piece of the armor. And I want you to imagine yourself putting it on. I actually learned this when I was a little kid from an, an old elderly lady saint in our church. She said she did this every day. Uh, as you do it, I want you to picture yourself whatever, you know, you're probably not a whitewater paddler, you're probably not a Roman soldier. However, you can picture this armor for your world. Put it on. As you are putting it on, if the Lord says to you, uh, you know, that particular piece of armor is kind of in disrepair or not even present, ask him to tell you how to repair it or make it present and then do that as we're worshiping. Okay, here we go. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit.